0: So today, we are going to be having on Tiffany, who is just the sweetest little soul. I just love her so much. She's going to be talking about the grief process of losing her sister, who she was really close with. Uh, Tiffany has a great, a great spirit about her. Um, she's really struggled with this, but she has been being so open on change and growth and just talking about her experience. So I'm super grateful for her, and so stay tuned for her. Hey guys, welcome to our mess. Uh today we have Miss Tiffany, and it's not tiff Tiffany. <laughs> so Tiffany. Tiffany. Actually. <laughs> yes, that's how I mentally remember it. So Tiffany actually, I met her, uh, she was in one of my self-esteem classes that I've taught. And then she actually joined in my women's retreat just this last time in July. So Tiffany is the cutest person and has like the best soul. So I love that she's coming on. <laughs> but I will kind of let you
1: introduce yourself a little bit more. Awesome, yeah, thanks Bailey, she's awesome. I love her. Um, (laughs) So my name is Tiffany, like Bailey already said. um, I kind of came on here wanting to share a part of like my grief story and everything like that. So I'm the youngest of five and I grew up in Utah, so love Utah. Um, and I had, so I'm the youngest. And so right above me, I have my sister who is two years older than me. And me and her are super close. Uh, we used to do everything together. Her friends were my friends. My friends were her friends. And everything was interlocked. We went to school together uh, my seventh grade year year and she was in ninth grade so we just always were spending time together and it came to be so i was 16 uh, she was 18 she has a heart condition called long qt syndrome and so she has a pacemaker she also had some voice problems as well due to a complicated surgery um when she was younger but she had routine surgeries quite often. She had like 20, 25 by the time she had passed away. Uh, And she was going in for routine surgery for a pacemaker changing out the wires for her pacemaker and ended up having an unexplained reaction to the surgery. And we have lots of speculations on what it was But uh, that's the best way to put it is just it was unexplained and we haven't we didn't do an autopsy or anything like that. And so we when it came to that point, I was 16 years old and um, I just remember she went into surgery and was doing bad and I ended up going to a friend's house to sleep over. And I remember in the morning when I got the text that she was not doing any better. Um, And she was starting, her blood was starting to get acidic. And she was starting to swell up as well. And so they texted me that and I, I didn't even head home. I just went straight to my sister's house. She lived about 20 minutes away from my friends. And my other sister was also worried. So she came down. So my two other sisters were with me when uh, my dad had made the call to us. And so we had went up to the hospital and went and saw her and that whole week was kind of like the week where everyone comes in and is like, hey, how's it, you know, like I'm here for you and they're, they're comforting you and leading out of it, we're now three years later, I've really been in a lot of tough mental spots but I'm coming out of it at the end right now. I'm like working on myself and I'm realizing that not much people check on you along the way, but mm-hmm. you have to just hold, like I hold on to my family so much now we're so close because we just know that in any moment that can be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I'm here now is I've just been on this journey to share my story and to become better. Yeah.
0: And I think like what you said, it is like really important, especially when you lose someone that you always have, like somebody checking up with you within like the first few weeks afterwards, or even like if somebody's sick, they're checking in on you. But the moment that it's like the funeral's done and everything like that, I don't want to say you're dropped, but you kind of do get dropped a little bit where people check in not as often. um, And so you kind of just... I don't know. I, I do, I do notice that a lot, especially with my hair clients when they've lost a spouse or lost a child. Um, it's always those, like those weeks right after somebody passes is okay because they have so many people there for them. They have so much love, but it's after that funeral time, like that's when immediately they're cut off and that's when they struggle the most is because then now they're by themselves again. Um, which is so hard because it should kind, I don't want to say it should be the opposite where you're by yourself with all of it, but it should be at least spaced out a little bit. So because of all of my clients that I've heard, like um, who have had that, I'm always the one that will check up like in a few weeks afterwards, because I just, I've heard of the process. I've seen it personally with family members who have passed away. Like you, there's so much that goes into it, but the moment that it's all died down it's like okay we gotta continue to check up and make sure it's not it's not a done deal just because the funeral happened
1: you know but so no you talk go oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) i was just saying and it it i think one people get is that grief ends
0: when Mm -hmm. in reality
1: it doesn't like it's always so like even three years later like i totally appreciate if someone texts me like hey like I've noticed you've posted a few grief quotes are you doing okay or do you want to talk about her and or even just people checking up in general with me which that's always nice you know but specifically talking about my grief it's just like hey I I saw this picture of her and thought you would like it or those little things because you're so right like it's so nice when someone even just a little thing checks up sends a text And it never ends. Grief never ends. Yeah. I think a big
0: reason why people don't do it though, is because they feel awkward because they don't know what to say. It's like, here, I want to say, are you doing okay? But of course I already know the answer. Like, so something I've learned is to say, Um, Hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I like if you need anything, let me know because then that way the person knows that you're thinking about them, but then they're not, you're not, they're not having to come out and be like, oh yeah, I'm okay, you know, because that's so important. A lie lie saying that you're doing, you know, like you might you're doing the best with what you got but that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it's okay so that is something that i've had to learn it's like you just have to say hey i'm thinking about you i hope everything's going okay because i had learned that like with people losing their spouses or siblings or anything that they're just like always over and bombarded with are you doing okay yeah. you know and it's like you guys know the answer <laughs>
1: like obviously not (laughs) my
0: like my parents died like of course like my world is Um, turned upside down how you think it is is okay now bad like that's kind of how I've seen it is like with their worlds being upside down like instead of saying it's bad they're saying it's okay like you know what I mean like the verbiage has changed instead of like everything just has to change you just have to be okay with crap
1: in a way is what it seems like but um, yeah I mean like A lot of people, when you first say, like, how are you? They'll go, oh, good. You know, like, that's not an accurate response. But in reality, whenever someone says, like, okay, like, you can't be like, oh, that's good. You now are actually, when you genuinely ask, you should be expected for a genuine answer as well. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I've learned with talking with others, because I really I was like it's okay if I say all right or okay or you know what doing the best I can in this moment because mm-hmm. it's better to admit than just like cover it up
0: yeah yeah so what would you say would your was your grief process because everybody's grief process is different so mm-hmm. when you were going through losing your sister what would you say your grief process looks like
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first, when she first passed away, I really turned to religion and was, was obviously content is not the best way to explain it, but that is the best way to explain it right now. It's just like, I was like, I know she's better and it obviously still hurt, but I was finding peace in that thought. And I was, like your family grieves in a lot of different ways. And so I kind of felt like I had to hold everyone together. And so then there was a point where I had a breaking point and I kind of went everywhere. And that's when I got mad at God and I did everything I wanted to do. And just, I was mad. I was and you know, that was part of the grief process. And eventually like now it's just as I, I was definitely like more content and then I was very, very, like, I was denying it. I was in denial at first, too. Like, it felt like she was just on a trip or on a vacation. And I was just kind of denying it in the sense that, oh, she's just gone. She's going to be back. Like, And now, after I kind of had that breaking point, I started becoming to the realization, like, okay, like, I need to accept it. And I still have those points where I'm, like, angry or you know, in denial, like, okay, this happened. And I still get those guilt feelings as well. Um, Survivor's guilt and things like that. But it's a lot more in waves. When when she first passed away, it was kind of in chunks. Like, okay, I was content. Okay, I was in my guilt, my survivor guilt. Okay, I was mad, but now it's just in waves. And it's a lot more subtle. And I still grieve every single day but it's just shown in a different way. Yeah.
0: So what would you say kind of helped you work through those different chunks then? Because there's not one thing that can help with every single grief process or every single chunk that you're going through. What do you think was like the things that helped you the most in those
1: times? Yeah, I would probably say like, a big part is i started therapy just you know talk therapy pretty quickly after she passed away and that was a big thing for me i was going once a week and i eventually went to every other week in a month and then i had a setback and i went back to once a week and now i'm at every other week but that therapy had given me someone that i could talk to mm-hmm. and just tell her everything and not feel like i was a burden on her because for me it was like i couldn't talk to my friends that's awkward they were awkward about it they wouldn't want to talk about it i couldn't talk to my family they were all struggling i didn't want to add on to that so it was like having someone a therapist or like what you do like a life coach or someone you can tell and spill to and not, not feel like you're giving pressure to them that's kind of what got me through those. Or even some friends. There were a few friends that I was just like, I know I can go to and talk to them about everything. Yeah. But it's hard to find those people for sure. But I feel like that would be what got me through. For And my husband, when I met him, he I knew he was the one because um, now I am more spiritual. And I knew he was the one because my sister, I had felt her tell me something to tell him. And that's when I knew he was the one because I was like, that has never happened before. Mm -hmm. And so ever since then, he's been my safe place in being able to talk to her as well.
0: That's awesome. So did you notice you were in those cycles? Like when you were in your chunks? Or did it, like, looking at it now, you can, like, see that you were, but what kind of helped you mentally work through them? And like noticing where you were at? Was it your therapist, or were you able to kind of notice where you were at on your own without the external help as well?
1: I think so. I did not know while I was going through it. I didn't, you know, people are always like the grief stages, the grief stages, like denial and anger and like the basics, you know. But I think my realization was when I was working through meditation uh, personally, as well as like with my therapist and working on talk therapy and working on processes and I started reading books and stuff. And I think I came to the conclusion with external and my internal self is when I came to the realization, I started piecing apart, like what got me here? And I would piece it apart and be like, okay, so this happened and I felt this way and this happened and I felt this way. So it really was, it was afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it was all of the above. <laughs> but in the moment, I did not know yeah. what it was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that... Um
0: would it have helped you to have noticed those cycles sooner or did you need that time to be able to mentally process? Because now I'm sure you're able to notice when you're in a cycle. Yes. Um, But do you think it, like you feel like it could have helped you noticing that sooner or do you feel like you needed to be able to go through that time to now notice it now instead of then?
1: I do wish. So Like, when I have kids, I'm going to put them in therapy, Mm -hmm. like, from when they could start walking, you know, very young, because I do think having better coping skills and better, uh, like, going through therapy really teaches you a lot, and I wish I would have went through that sooner. I do wish that, like, when I was going through them when I first started, it would have saved me a lot of other pain that I caused myself because of my actions. Mm-hmm. obviously I wouldn't go back and change that though. Cause it did, you know, I am who I am because of that. Right. Although I would say if I, if I had the chance, I would want to know those things beforehand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think we all would, right. Like yeah. anything <laughs> yeah. that we struggle with in life, if only we had known, but then like you said, we wouldn't be the person, right. Because. Yeah have to kind of have the crappy experiences to become a better version of yourself anyways but Mm -hmm. um what would you say would be your number one wish of an advice that somebody could have given you or advice that you wish you could go back and give yourself when you were in your lowest moment or moments Cause the grief, process, I feel like there's multiple moments. It's not just one. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And that's like, overall it's a tough question because there's so many things. Mm-hmm. Like If if anyone is listening to this and is like, okay, I need someone to talk to and just talk to, it doesn't even mean like I'm going to give you advice from my experience, yeah. but like I am, I want to be that person and people, but If I had to choose one thing, I think the biggest thing for me that helped me so much is to know that it's okay to feel feelings. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel guilt. It's okay to feel anger. It's okay to feel happy. And when I feel it, it's okay to just feel it. Don't convince yourself out of it. So when you're feeling like survivor's guilt, instead of like, oh, convincing yourself out of it, I think it's best to feel it. And then be like, okay, why am I feeling this? And then take it apart and be like, okay, hey, how can I turn turn this positive? But it's okay to feel it. And I, I never really was told that at first. Not that anyone was saying I wasn't okay to feel that. But I always felt guilty for feeling happy. Or I felt guilty for being alive. Or I felt angry. And I just wanted someone to tell me that it's okay to feel that and so i think that the biggest thing with anyone coming out of grief or losing someone is everyone's different and so you get to feel how you want to feel
0: yeah um like when you would feel i'm sure like uh, now let's say you have some survivor's guilt feelings come now like yeah. what does that look like for you like Do you start saying, oh, well, my sister could be here doing this with me, you know, like those kind of questions or like what kind of questions or thoughts do you kind of put in your mind a little bit at that? Uh,
1: Kind of exactly what you said. Like, it's it's like the oh, my sister could be doing this with me as well as my sister would do this better than me or sometimes when it gets to the point where it's like oh like my family doesn't like me as much as her Mm -hmm. or my friends don't like me as much as her Mm -hmm. and then um it's just part of it is almost comparison and the other part is just like missing her like oh she could be doing this or whenever I see a piano my instant thought is her and then I'm like oh like I should learn piano for her, you know? Mm -hmm. Or I, like, at the very start when she passed away, we did a bunch of, like, fundraisers or events to honor her. And now it's like, oh, I should still be doing that. But we don't. And at first, too, at the same time, it's like we were doing all these things. And I think that was part of survivor's guilt, is we felt like we still needed to do something. Yeah. So... Yeah, and then it, it really can get as serious as I had ended up in the psych ward because that was because it was leading up to the point where I was starting to, I was going to be at the age she was, and I was going to surpass her age. Yeah. And that is what led up to it, because I was so guilty that I was going to live a longer life than her. Yeah, So it really is a lot of different things and each person really feels it differently. And it's, it's like something that I wish no one had to go through, but it really does make you a stronger person because you, like, I'm so much more understanding to people. Obviously I'm not perfect, but I am way more understanding than I was before because I understand that everyone's going through something and it's hard it's hard <laughs> yes, so. and
0: all of our like if um I can't remember who I was talking to about this with um but we were saying like you know if you go into a church and you smell somebody who smokes everybody's like oh you're
1: smoking
0: but if we could smell everybody else's crap that was going on that nobody would be able to sit in that room you yeah. know but then I also thought, it was like, well, if we could smell like all of our struggles or if we could smell everybody else's like, like things that they're addicted to or whatever, then we'd be like, Hey, I know that smell. I can go and help. You know, I feel yeah. like that happens a lot more when we start talking about the traumas that we've had or start talking about our experiences, because then it, it starts either we start, attracting the people who we have gone through the similar things so we can help them or like, or we're attracted to other people who can help us. Right. So I do think it is just so important to talk about it. And I do like how you said it's okay to have feelings. I feel like, I mean, as a little kid, like even as a parent, like I noticed this with my four-year-old is <laughs> like, you know, life is really hard. <laughs> I had a four-year-old age. <laughs> and like crying because I told her, I don't remember. She cried about (laughs) just today where I was like, are you really crying about this? And I was like, Emery, that's not something you need to cry about. And I was like, Oh, I'm just telling her right there that she shouldn't be having the feelings that she's having. And honestly, you talked about this at the women's retreat. And I remember ever since then, every time I say it, I'm like, Oh crap. And so then I always kind of change what I say. Instead of saying, Emery, this isn't something you're supposed to cry about. I'll walk over to her. I'm like, I understand that you're sad, but let's think about why you're sad instead of crying. And then she'll have like a small excuse about it. I'm like, so what do you think? Do you think this is something that should be making you so physically upset that you have to cry? Or is it something you can mm-hmm. be like mad about? So we kind of started talking a little differently about it, but I think that that's something we have to do as a, as adults. <laughs> Is yes. because I think that something will say, This isn't something I should be crying about. Like, um, mm-hmm. like with me being super tired, right? Like, and I'll, I get emotional sometimes when I'm really tired. I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying, <laughs> but really, like, it's because my body, right? Like, if you break mm-hmm. it, down, you figure out why. Um, but I think it's really important to start diving deeper into your feelings so that way you're understanding the level right is separating the feelings from the facts and like okay i'm feeling this but what are the facts and we a lot of the times and i i've talked about this a little bit is we like to make our opinions facts but they're not right like they're completely different things but we believe them as fact um, because it's happened to us it's our feelings but that's not it's just an opinion it has it is not factual Um, but I love your advice that
1: you would give because it is really important. I'm so glad that you took that and you're using it. Cause like that was when someone told me that I was like, like, wow. And I had talked to someone else about that and they had said, parent, I can't even say it the right way, but they had said something so powerful to me in that moment. I was like, I, I'm forever gonna remember this they had said something about along the lines of parent yourself the way you want to parent yeah so instead of being like oh when I have kids which I do that a lot and I think I already did it (laughs) just talking with you but it's like when I have kids I'm gonna parent this way it's like okay well so do the same thing for yourself and just because you have like an anger which what you kind of said brought up a few thoughts, like just because you have like anger doesn't mean that you get a scream and throw things and make a huge fit, but it's okay to feel the anger. It's just how you cope with it. And that's one thing, too. I'm like, oh, I have a right to do this and this, and this, but it's rarely, it's like, no, you have a right to, to feel that, but it's it's okay. And let's not make that external. Let's not make that worse than it is but I think it's so so good to focus on yourself and being like what is best for me in this moment and talking through things because part of like grief too is a lot of people don't understand it and this is why I love that you do this because like you were mentioning too it's like people have to talk about it and if you talk about it more people are going to understand it And then even if someone doesn't relate to it, they're going to understand it more. And if someone can relate to it, well, now you just, you just got a connection with someone. So I think it's really cool that you're doing this because it's going to share a lot of different stories that people are going to need to hear. Thanks.
0: I think we all have had things in our lives where we wish we would have known somebody we could have talked to or known a story or not felt, felt embarrassed about a story. So you couldn't talk about it with other people or felt less about yourself or like you just even you talking about going to um did you go to the hospital but what, what did you call it
1: oh I call it the psych ward but it's technically a mental health institution
0: <laughs> I just yes, the psych you know, ward. <laughs> talked about it right like not very many yes. people feel comfortable stating that they got like so that they felt like they had to help have somebody else help them because they didn't feel like they could, they were able to control. Right. Like I think that's really important because a lot of people don't talk about that either. Like it's, it doesn't just have to deal with grief at all. It definitely, I mean, it's just life and life is hard. Life is hard (laughs) and life keeps being harder. But I think the number one thing is, is like, how are we going to control because we can let our emotions control us. And that's where we have the four-year-old who cries and screams and kicks, or we, we have our emotions control us to the point where we spiral out and do all the opposite things than what our, like our values are as a person, right? We all come with our own internal values. It's so crazy. Like you, you're taught it, When you're like, if you go to church, but you are taught it with your family values. And like, there's some values you'll take, but there's some values that you already just come instilled with where you do not feel good about stuff or you, you know, and, but the moment that we start letting our emotions control our actions, we start giving in and then start feeling worse about our situation, feeling worse about ourselves because we are not honoring our own internal values. So I think it's really important, like noticing where we like you said where you're doing more harm to yourself versus like having the situation kind of control you it's really hard to notice it but once you start noticing like where your emotions are controlling you versus you being like okay I'm okay to feel this but just because I'm feeling this doesn't mean I'm gonna go and do this right like it's Mm -hmm. all about having that internal check because the moment we feel like we don't have control, it makes us even like that much worse. I feel
1: like. Oh yeah, I agree. But. Oh yeah, and I I think like, like you said, like I've never heard someone admit to me. Oh, I was I was at the mental health institution, nah. and so I purposely say that more not to get attention for myself, but to say it's normal because my emotions did take over. And then being able to say, like, hopefully you don't end up there. But if you do, but here's also a way to prevent it. <laughs> and that is, like, everything you just said. It's, like, my emotions to control of myself. And that was, like, I had went in mostly willingly because I was, like, I knew I didn't trust myself because my emotions were controlling my body. And if they weren't, then I'd be like, okay, yes, I can get this under control. But I knew I couldn't. And so sometimes you need that little safe haven. And that is the best option in some cases. But it for sure is like, emotions are so crazy (laughs) and so hard. And you're never going to understand them either. I think it's just a whole life process of understanding it
0: this and, and it continues to change too
1: yeah.
0: it'll never be the same one year you'll be able to understand and then the next year a whole new situation will come where you have to relearn all the things you thought you knew but you'd be able you're starting off better than you would because of the past experiences so at least we can start with something versus starting with nothing you know but yeah.
1: yeah, love it thank you so much for coming on yeah. Thank you for having me. It was awesome getting to talk with you and share my story. And I love hearing your story as well. And it was also awesome meeting you on the women's retreat and the self-esteem. We're just, we're going to in touch. <laughs> She's awesome. Tiffany is just the best. I just
0: love having her on. Um, I do want to say like what we were talking about. If we start letting our our emotions control our actions, we start giving the power away from ourselves, which really can make a spiral even worse in any situation. It doesn't have to be just in uh, the griefing process of losing a sibling or a parent or a spouse. It can be the grieving process of failure. It can be the grieving process of. Um, I've seen it with sexual trauma as a hair stylist. I've talked about it with my my clients. You. The, but the moment that we start noticing what our emotions are doing, in the mo- moment we notice we're letting our emotions control our actions, is kind of when we start getting that grasp back onto our lives. So sit down. Maybe if you feel like your life is spiraling, where are you letting your emotions lead versus actually letting you just feel those emotions and then trying to make a plan with how you would want to lead versus letting your emotions lead? If you guys have a story and you want to share it with us anonymously, please email me at Bailey Carlson at shestandsstrong.com or you can message me or dm me at the bailey carlson on instagram thank you guys so much for tuning in if you want to be a podcast or on the podcast you can message me on those ways as well but for our upcoming episodes i'm extremely excited so make sure you follow because we have a lot of different stories that are going to be coming on and hopefully one of them resonates with you if you have a story that you think we should try to bring on to talk about message it or leave a comment below and make sure you leave a review as well. I'd love to see you guys continue to follow this story um, or these stories and then I'll see you guys in the next episode.